Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop podcast. I'm Robin Walker, your host, a business coach that helps female business owners increase their revenue and time with their family through strategic action plans and accountability. I'm also the host of the Lakeside Conference, a two-day conference for female entrepreneurs and business owners every March in Southeast Wisconsin. Today, I'm talking with Meg Brunson. Meg is a former Facebook employee and also the CEO of EIEIO Marketing. Meg also hosts the podcast, The Familypreneur. Meg is going to be speaking at the Lakeside Conference this year all about Facebook ads. So I took some time today to talk to her about going beyond the boost. What else could we be doing with our Facebook ads to really utilize this platform and to make the most of our ad dollars? Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Robin is a wife and mom to three teenagers, two dogs, and a betta fish. She is a fifth-generation entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience creating, building, and running businesses. She keeps it real about raising kids while building a company and gives you the strategy and accountability to finally quit winging it. Her mission? To help you build your business strategically so you can have more financial stability and, in return, more flexibility and time with your family. Meg, and welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on the show today, and I can't wait to meet you in person in March in Lake Geneva at the Lakeside Conference. Meg is from Arizona, so we're going to try to have all the cold weather (laughs) all gone by the time that you get there, but no promises. It is Wisconsin. And fun story, I don't own a winter coat, so I'm really hoping it's warm. Because I don't want to have to buy one. Don't buy one. Just layer. <laughs> and the beauty of this resort is once you, you'll have to get a, you know, a ride from the airport. But after that point, you can pretty much stay in the resort for everything you need. So you don't really have to leave. Well, that's good. So if you can survive the ride from the airport, then you'll be just fine. Phew. <laughs> so everybody... Meg, as I said in the intro, is going to be doing a Facebook ads workshop for us at the conference, and we're super excited. We had one last year, and this one's just going to take it to a whole nother level. So we're going to get into hearing how Meg got involved with Facebook and how she got where she is today. But like a lot of the listeners, you did not set out to be an entrepreneur or go to business school, correct? No, not at all. What is your former career or what is your background in? I mean, my career path has just simply not been linear at all at any stage in my life. So when I went to college, I pursued what I was interested in, which was criminal justice. So I was a criminal justice major with a minor in forensic psychology. And I really don't know what I thought I was going to do with that. But I was interested in police, you know, police work and potentially pre-law. I was in the pre-law program for a while. But one thing led to another, (laughs) lots of curves and twists and turns. And when I was pregnant with my third child, I had a traumatic pregnancy. So some really significant health issues and scares and things like that. And that was the point where I just said, you know what, I'm done. I emotionally cannot return back to a 40 hour a week job. Um, I had just been shaken 
by my experiences during that pregnancy. And so my husband picked up a second job and probably about six weeks into my like stay at home mom experience, I was just like, what am I doing? Like I need something to fuel me. So that was when I really jumped into entrepreneurship. Now I'd had side hustles all along. So from college on, I always had something, you know, a direct sales gig that I was trying or crafting or something, just something I'm a creative. So I always had something. Um, but that was the first time where I said, you know what, I don't want my husband working two jobs, um, but I also can't return. So I got involved with a franchise program for mommy bloggers. So I basically started writing a mommy blog, reviewing things to do with my kids locally. Um, and I needed to figure out how to market that from two perspectives. One, I needed to up my readership. And two, I needed to get businesses to advertise with me and then market those businesses to my readers. So suddenly I was thrown into learning marketing so that I could build this business, which changed my life. You know, it changed our family dynamic. Um, and that was when I first started leveraging Facebook marketing. And then fast forward a couple of years, I interviewed and was hired to work at Facebook um, where I worked in their marketing expert program, helping other small businesses learn to leverage the tools that Facebook provide. I hear you on the stay-at-home mom gig. It's rough. And you think it's going to be sitting home and baking cookies and doing all these crafty things with your youngins, but it does, it is hard yeah. to be home with them on your own. And especially if you were someone that's always been creative, I was a learner. So I was always trying to learn new things. And so I remember that feeling of I've got to do something else. And I was in the same boat where my husband had multiple jobs and, and that's really hard on a person. And my path is very similar to yours, as is a lot of people we have in our group. And at the conference that you kind of got to a point of, I still want to be available for my kids, but at the same time, you know, I need, I need something more. Exactly. So did you have, I always like to ask everyone about jobs they had when they were teenagers or young adults. Did you have a job that looking back, you think maybe you didn't like it at the time or something, but it really gave you some skills or kind of set you up for where you are now? And, you know, I thought long and hard about that question. And <laughs> I even asked my husband, cause I was like, help me think. <laughs> and I couldn't come up with one. Like I, I just couldn't, I feel like nothing really prepared me for launching my own business. Nothing prepared me for entrepreneurship. I mean, every Every experience certainly contributed to where I am today in some, in some way, but I really credit the community. I credit face, you know, Facebook and the community that I've found through groups um, and through in-person events like you're hosting for getting me through these, these obstacles and these challenges. Because like I said, it's so outside of what I was prepared for. I mean, I'm going to date myself here, but I mean, when I went to college, online entrepreneurship wasn't a thing. Like no. Facebook marketing wasn't a thing. Yes, I'm sure people were running Facebook ads. I graduated in 2005, um, but it wasn't 
it, it just wasn't a thing. So there wasn't any way to really be prepared. So yeah, you know, work ethic and, and customer service. Like I got some of that from different jobs. You know, I did work. One of my first jobs was flyering like for um, dominoes. So like they would give me a stack of flyers and I'd have to put one on each door. Oh, and I mean, flyering. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what else you would call that. Yeah. Um, And I feel like even something like that, I guess you could say it, it taught me a little bit of self, like self-sufficiency, self-pacing. Like nobody was telling me how fast I had to go. The more houses I flyered, I got paid per house. Um, I've had, you know, and I've had so many jobs that each one, I'm sure I could come up with something Mm -hmm. like that where, but I feel like now for my kids, I can't confidently say you should get a job doing this because it'll prepare you if you want to be an entrepreneur. So for me, like the best advice I give my kids, which is a big passion point for me, is that I involve them in my process so they can see how how that works. I didn't really have that growing up. You know, I didn't have somebody who was an entrepreneur that, that really could mentor me. And I think that's what's the most helpful. Well, and I think that entrepreneurship has changed what it looks like so much from when we were young. My father owns his own business, but it's a brick and mortar type distribution business. So that is not, he and I both technically are entrepreneurs, but it doesn't look anything alike. He still went to work from eight to five, you know, five days a week. It was a very traditional looking job on the outside even though it was, he was running the show. So I think when, I know when I was young, I never, it was, do you want to be a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, uh, very traditional professions. And now I have three teenagers and it looks totally different on how to kind of guide them towards what they might want to do one day. I mean, there's just so many options, so many jobs, you don't even know what they are or that they even exist. I mean, it's probably a little more overwhelming to kids of this age versus when we were, here's your, here's your career choices right? (laughs) neatly in this box. So now you you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. You you really can. I love that you say you involve your kids in your career. And for those of you that don't know, Meg does have a podcast and focuses, one of the focuses is on entrepreneurship with kids, correct? Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that or about what people can do to help encourage their kids to kind of see if they have that entrepreneurial spirit? Yeah. So the podcast is called Familypreneur and some, some episodes focus more heavily on business, some on parenting, and then some on involving our kids in the process. And for me, involving the kids in the process has allowed me to find my version of work-life balance. Like, I don't think anybody ever feels truly balanced, um, but it gives us some common ground. You know, they've learned to understand and respect what I'm doing, even if they don't fully understand it. They know that what I'm doing is what you know, gives us money to do fun things. And it's a, a mutual understanding. And I involve them in the process. So they've recorded um, my voiceover work for my podcast is, is them. You know, they do my intros and outros. And I let them record little podcast episodes that we're saving to launch, hopefully at some point in 2019. So they, they'll come in and they'll record 
little jokes or stories or even an interview every once in a while with somebody else. Um, so just involving them in that process and always talking about different business concepts. And it's fun for me and it gives us a common ground to connect on. Um, and as far as involving, like for the listeners, involving your kids, my biggest advice would just be to think about what they're the most interested in and then figure out how that could be applied to your business. You know, not trying to fit them into your box, but trying to fit, you know, their interest into your business. So if they're interested in art and drawing, you know, maybe introduce them to Canva, you know, a way that they could help your business that involves art and drawing. If they're interested in talking into a microphone, which my kids are, then <laughs> you could let them do voiceover work or even just start recording and, and playing with the mic, but, but explaining to them how that actually fits into your business plan. So I don't know. That's my, my passion project. Your session at the workshop is advanced Facebook ad strategies simplified. So I think Facebook ads can be very intimidating to people. Um, a lot of people that I work with that when I ask if they've done Facebook ads, usually it's a boost and that's mm -hmm. kind of their first experimental going to test this out and what I like about your session is it's kind of taking that to the next level. And so many of the women in our group and our attendees have kind of been DIYing a lot of parts of their business as they grow and are able to hire out. And I think ads is one of the things that we maybe watch a DIY video or we've dabbled in ad manager, but really aren't sure that we're doing it exactly the right way or strategically. So I love your workshop because it will take them to the next level. Um, what would, what can you say about the session as far as if someone would know, is this the right session for them or what kind of things you'll be talking about? Honestly, this is the right session for anybody who is, who has spent on Facebook in the past and who wants to continue spending on Facebook going forward. So my focus is on strategic advertising. So building out, I mean, everybody seems to be pretty familiar with the concept of a sales funnel, you know, and they think of their website, you know, they might have a, a funnel builder or they might just have, you know, pages on their own website that works people from viewing a product, adding it to the cart and purchasing at the most basic level. And I like to take that sales funnel and impose it right on Facebook ads. So I wanna see an ad that is top of the funnel prospecting. So taking people who don't know you and letting them get to know you. And then a second ad that's saying, hey, now that you know me a little bit, why don't you like get a little closer? And that's when you're asking them to join your list or join a Facebook group or you know, make some sort of small commitment to you and then the third step is the bigger commitment. It's opening that wallet. And maybe it's a smaller purchase at first. Again, it goes into that whole sales funnel. Like, do you really want to lead off with your, you know, $2,000 program? Probably not. But it's that, that general process of, of working people through a sales funnel through, with your Facebook ads. So boosting can be a really great strategy at the top of the funnel. But the problem is a lot of times people will boost a post because they want to get people joining their list or they want to get people purchasing. And those are bottom of the funnel 
activities and boosting is a top of the funnel ad. So we're going to outline kind of which ads fall in which places on the funnel so that you're going to know, depending upon what your goals are, what ads you should be running, and then what you need to do to prepare to run those ads. So if a lead ad is what you should be running, you also may need a boosted post just to help people get to know, like, and trust you because they may not be willing to give up their email. I feel like years ago, three or four years ago even, it was easier to get an email address than it is now. You know, people are more protective of those email addresses. So we need to do some warming up. And that's what we're gonna talk about, the strategies that are working right now. And I gotta be honest, I can tell you the strategy that's working right now, and there's about a 50% chance that it'll be the same strategy that's working in March. So it's gonna be whatever's working in March. I, whenever I talk or I'm on a podcast, or writing a blog post, I can't, I never like to, to speak to the future because we don't know what's gonna happen between now and then. Um, but that's why people follow me because I keep my finger on that Facebook pulse, which is really difficult for business owners who are juggling so many other things. Definitely, and that's what we rely on you guys for. <laughs> that you can provide that up-to-date information that we can't keep up with. I love that strategy too, because it really is based in relationship building and making sure the people who are buying from you are actually the people you want buying from you. And that will actually have that transformation after they purchase from you. And I think it's kind of just a different way to look at it versus so many people ask, you know, I don't want to be spammy. I don't want to I don't want to just be blasting people with buy this, buy this, buy this. And I, the word ad automatically triggers that in our mind that, well, it's an ad. So I'm going to be trying to sell something. This is a much friendlier approach and much more user-friendly. And it really does help people get to know you. So I love that. And I'm so glad you will be teaching that to the audience. That's fantastic. Along those same lines, I personally hate selling. So like I'm the first one that's like, yes, I hate selling. But what's helped me, and it wasn't somebody gave me this advice, probably multiple somebodies, is to just substitute selling with serving. So it's thinking of it as you're serving other people. So you're not selling a product to them, you're serving them with a product. So it's shifting that mindset and then it doesn't feel as, icky <laughs> because exactly. you're helping them. So that's been like a mindset shift and I still struggle with it. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect, um, but I try to, to shift the way I think about it when I'm running ads where it's not like I'm selling this to you for a hundred dollars. It's I'm going to provide you this service. And I mean, we're a business. Like that's part of like you charge for the services. You wouldn't I expect- agree you know, to get your hair done for free, you expect to pay for it. So. Absolutely. And when you look at it from the serving perspective, funneling people through, not everyone needs our service. So if you're right. trying to blast them right from the start, that might not be serving them because they don't need what we're offering or it's not the right fit. So I love the funnel aspect. And I don't know that people have thought of Facebook ads that way. So that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about what do you think is the most common thing that people struggle with when they're 
doing Facebook ads or ready to do Facebook ads, or they've been doing them for a while and they're not converting, um, what do you think the biggest roadblock or struggle is for them? I mean, along the same lines, I think it's just that strategy. It's knowing what to do and when to do it. So I will frequently have people reach out to me because they want help with a launch that's happening in two weeks. You know, like you delicately have to be like, well, there's not too much I can do for you for a launch that's happening in two weeks. I mean, I've made some of those mistakes myself, but I literally give myself a six week buffer before any of my launches, because a lot of that nurturing, a lot of those top funnel activities, whether they're paid or not, some of it may not be paid. It may just be, you know, Facebook lives on your page. So there may be some organic components too, but they really start, you know, six to eight weeks before your launch, your launch is that end, you know? So I think that's a big piece of it is figuring out all the planning and knowing that some of that planning has nothing to do with Facebook. So some of it is your landing pages and are they pixeled? The Facebook pixel is a tool that we'll talk about at that session. And people really need to be empowered around using the pixel, not only getting it installed, but using it to its full capability. Email sequences. You want to collect leads, but if you're not going to email them, they don't, it doesn't do you any good. Like you need to keep those leads warm. And I'm, I'm not perfect at that either. I'm not an email marketer, so I can sympathize with you there, but I am going to help you understand the importance of those email sequences and having those set up and all of that needs to be set up before your launch, because they're important to warm your customers up, your clients up so that they feel ready to buy. So it's the strategy all the components that go into that strategy and the timeline for implementing it. If you had a tip for people, if they are overwhelmed with the idea of Facebook ads and they should be planning more of the strategy and more of the background process, having everything in a row, what would be like a first step for someone to do that? Just a very baby step if they're like, Facebook ads are just too much for me. That sounds overwhelming. Where's a good place? Like just a, obviously they need to come to your workshop and <laughs> get the all workshop. the goods and all sure. the details and the resources. But if at this point they just need to take a step forward, what would be a good thing to start with? The first thing that every single person should start with is getting the Facebook pixel installed on their website without a doubt. Um, I know I mentioned that briefly a few minutes ago. The pixel is a little snippet of HTML coding, so it's going to look super scary when you go into your ads manager. It looks like a bunch of gobbledygook, you know, coding, um, but it's really not that scary. Most platforms have an integration built in, so if you're on WordPress, you can get the Pixel Your Site plugin. If you're on Shopify, there's uh, an integration built right in, and Whatever platform you're on, Lead Pages, Kartra, like all of these, Kajabi, they all have, they all have a way to install the pixel. So it's getting that pixel installed on your website because the pixel is so essential to any Facebook ads that you're going to run. It allows you to build audiences based on people who visited your website. It allows you to optimize your Facebook ads, which means Without the pixel, you can optimize an ad to drive traffic to your website, for example. With the pixel, you can optimize traffic to go to your website and then take another action, like joining your mailing list or buying a product. So it allows you to run 
more advanced Facebook ads. And then it also unlocks analytics that go beyond anything that any other analytic platform can give you. So this is like way cooler than Google Analytics because Facebook is able to track you from your phone to your desktop to your laptop at home and at work because you're signed into Facebook everywhere. Yes. So Facebook, and they're able to track an attribution window up to 28 days, which means if you're serving an ad, if you're serving an ad and I see it while I'm in the line at the grocery store with my three-year-old and I'm like, oh, this conference looks super cool. I should totally attend. But guess where I'm not buying it? In line at the grocery store with my three-year-old. It's not happening. Right. But maybe two days later, I'm like, oh, remember I saw that ad? I'm thinking to myself and I'm on my laptop and I Google it and then I find the website and I purchase. Google Analytics is going to say, hey, that came from me. It was a Google search. But Facebook is going to be able to say, wait a minute. She clicked on that ad two days ago in line at the grocery store and then she bought it from her desktop or from her laptop. It's able to give you a different perspective on how your customer journeys look, how people are using your website and how effective your ads are being. So that's why those stats are never going to measure up. Your Facebook ads are always going to appear um, inflated, the results compared to Google. So Google will always say, you know, less came from Facebook because the analytic tracking isn't the same. So that's a little kind of tangent, but um, <laughs> no, that's super interesting. Because that pixel is so important, we want to get it up there on that website ASAP, and it retains data for six months. So even if you're listening to this now saying, I just don't have the budget, you know, I'm not big enough, you know, we've heard all of those, all of those reasons for not advertising, where are you going to be in six months? Six months from today, where will you be? It's very possible that in six months, you're ready to start investing $5 a day onto the Facebook platform. And in that case, you're going to want to be able to target a, an audience of people who visited your website or leverage that to make a lookalike audience or exclude those people from seeing your ads so that you can reach new people. All of those things are going to be possible if you put that pixel on there today. That's so interesting. Is I there can talk a about place? pixel for days. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag pixel for days. <laughs> Is there somewhere on your website or do you have any tutorials or videos or could you walk someone through if they contacted you how to find that pixel mm -hmm. and install it for yeah. non-techie people that that sounds intimidating? I do have a blog post. I have a couple blog posts that kind of um, all play off of pixel. I'm, if you go to megbrunson.com slash pixel, that brings you to like the main pixel post, but there's extra posts linked in there. So like if you're on WordPress and you want to know how to install it with that specific plugin, that's all in there. Okay. We'll include that in the show notes because I would love to send them to you to find out how to do that if they have not. So that is our action step for this episode, everybody. If you have not installed your pixel, that's what you need to do. Yeah. I would love at your event. If I say how many people have the pixel installed, if everybody raised their hands, it's going to put us in a better position to leverage these advanced skills. We're I love that. And I love that as a pre-conference challenge. I think that would be a great thing we could put in the Facebook group as a challenge for all our members. Yeah. I sure. love that. 
the Women's Business Workshop podcast is brought to you by... The 2019 Lakeside Conference is coming up quickly, and we want you to be there. Join other female business owners as we take two days away from our day-to-day to come together and learn from industry experts and support each other on our entrepreneurial journeys. Breakout sessions are filling up fast. Looking for more info on the speakers? Be on the lookout for upcoming podcasts with the speakers as our guests. You can also check in on our Women's Business Workshop Facebook group, where we have interviewed a lot of these speakers on Facebook Live. They'll tell you about their breakout sessions, who they're good for, and what you can expect to learn. If you'd like more information on the conference, go to womensbusinessworkshop.com and click on events to get more information. Welcome back to the Women's Business Workshop podcast with Robin Walker. Is there anything with the conference that you're looking forward to? I know you travel a lot and speak at other conferences. Well, it'll be my first time in Wisconsin. So I'm looking forward to the cheese curds. I've never had a cheese curd. We talked about that before. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm attending. No, <laughs> don't eat any cheese curds in Arizona. Don't eat any anywhere until you get to Wisconsin. And then that way your standards will be appropriate. And I have a friend here who's from Wisconsin and she always talks about cheese curds. So I know that it's legit that Wisconsin yes. is where I need to be. Uh, but other than that, I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person, to meeting the other attendees, the other speakers. Um, I have connected uh, with a couple of the other speakers even before they were announced as speakers. (laughs) Um, So I'm definitely looking forward to attending some of the other sessions that are not happening at the same time that mine is and meeting some of the other people. Um, I feel like that's 100% what I'm most looking forward to. It is a fantastic group of women. Very, you will love them. You'll fit right in. I can't wait. So where can we find you in the meantime? If someone, I know you mentioned your pixel post, but tell us all the places that we can find you. I feel like the best place to go is megbrunson.com is my website. Um, I've got all my social media links there. I'm most active on Facebook, uh, but you'll find me on most platforms. There's marketing videos and blog posts. My podcast is linked there. Social media links, um, all sorts of, all sorts of good stuff. We'll include those in the show notes as well. And if you had, we always do final wise words. If there was something that either your grandmother or your mother or an older sister said to you that you've always kind of kept close or something you would tell yourself a couple of years ago, what would that be? The advice I would give myself, and I feel like we touched on it a little bit, is not to be discouraged by failing. I've learned that every failure is a lesson you know, they're all stepping stones on the path to success. And sometimes we don't even know where success is. Like it's not where we think it is. I went through, you know, I mentioned all these different network marketing, direct sales type things. I tried and crafting and doing all this stuff. And every time I started a new one, I felt a little more depleted, like a little more nervous that my friends were going to like be rolling their eyes. Like, Oh, here she goes again with another business. (laughs) What's she doing now? And I know that it, it stunted my growth. You know, it stopped me from launching things when I probably would have otherwise. So I kind of wish that I had just kept my eyes on the prize and kept doing me and jumped from business to business to business 
and wasn't really discouraged by those failures because I see now where I've gotten despite all of those quote unquote failures. And I can only imagine where I would have been if I hadn't. Of course, you can't live in the past, but like if I hadn't been so discouraged, I mean, there were years that I, I don't think I tried something new because I felt like I would be judged for it. So, and that's what I try to tell my kids too, is that pivoting is normal. It is okay. And it's not a failure. It's just a pivot. I love that. It's not a failure. It's just a pivot. Very good words to end on. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Meg. I learned a lot and there's even more to be learned from you and from your session at the conference. So if you guys want to learn more about that, you can look up the Lakeside Conference in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and we'll share a link in the show notes. If you'd like to be in Meg's session, you do have to sign up for that ahead of time. So when you purchase your ticket, you have to specify, you get to choose your breakout sessions. And so you have to select Meg's Facebook session in order to get all that good information and all those resources that she is going to be providing at the conference. You can still come and meet her either way. We are so thankful for you to be on the show and everybody have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Meg. Thank you. Thank you.